It, se it seems by its very nature, in my limited experience with meditation, that um, you get to a place where, uh, and you can relate to this because I think meditative experiences are not just on a meditative mat, but um, right. happen oftentimes for many people in many different ways through intuitive flashes of knowing looking at a sunset or seeing clouds or right. looking at mountains and these things are forms of contemplation right? they're forms of contemplation but it's sort of like um putting a title on a on a song you know what i mean that mm -hmm. it is not the song it is the title for the song and um so huh. Huh. these uh these experiences when you try to quantify them in words fail because they are not the experience itself yeah i wonder whether Certain words might succeed, though. Uh, you know, as you talked about these, and these contemplative or reflective or introspective moments, whatever you might choose to describe, however you might choose to describe them, the best minds in history get close. I think they get really close. In fact, for me, they they take care of it. I mean, if you read the best poems ever written or you go and look at the best paintings ever painted, it's like these experiences have been formalized for you. And, and I, I suspect that's one of the reasons, although I, I could be completely wrong, but I suspect that that's why I don't find myself susceptible to meditations of that kind, because my deep spirit is satisfied with these great works of art. And you have to go, it's as if you're going there to meditate. Yeah. And... You, you know, it, it's not just something that happens. Like, meditations probably don't just happen. You have to go there and, and be, and this, this may be a, an oxymoron, you have to be a, an active participant and, and, and that way maybe lose your activity. I mean, but, but the, the point is that you can't just have this thing happen. You have, to, you have to engage, to some extent, the work of art or the moment. Or, absolutely, or the, absolutely so, do. But, so I, I just think that I've been so fortunate to have been um, susceptible. Uh, Apollinaire said, I'm simply a sensitive soul in the presence of beauty. Yeah. And I, I feel that way all the time. Yeah. I have my whole life. And so maybe, maybe that's why, you know, I don't need to sort of contemplate these, this meditative I don't think I it's unusual for artists to express that very notion, that very thing. You know yeah. what I mean? That, yeah. And it is the reason why they're called to create things is because they see and take in, absorb um, so much of that which is around us. And in our, <laughs> you know, you could say like a sculpture is, uh, is your own version of trying to make sense of things. And, uh, One of my favorite definitions of art touches that a little bit it's Ayn Rand who a lot of people will probably identify as this very conservative yeah no I, I read Atlas I mean right she's uh, not all left wing and 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 and, and modern but um, her her concept of art is something like things which give form to the deepest important sensibilities in our lives the things that we can't hold in front of us because they're well they don't take the 
the, 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 the shape of forms, they are ideas, the, the beautiful, important ideas that fly through our minds. It, the great works of art make these ideas into objects. And as objects, we can hold them. And I think that from what I mean, I'm woefully uninitiated in, in, in meditative, you know, histories oh, and okay. techniques, but it seems that, important. That, that, that a lot of the folks that talk about meditation are talking about getting to a place where you're, you're just, you're almost not there. You just let go of everything and you just, so. It seems like you can relate to that through maybe working on art or sculpture that it yeah. is, I mean, just because it is in the formal context of a religious thing and you're doing it as art doesn't mean that there isn't a shared inherent root. Yeah, you know right. What I, mean? I think there is. So yeah. it seems that you can you can relate to that. And sure. I, w I wanted to ask you about, you know, what is your take on, um, you know, from my perspective, uh, an important facet of the universe is that inherently at its root it is, it is one, one existence. And I'm, I'm curious what angle you would take on well, that. There's a, there's a term that I love, a, a word, it's anthropic. The word is called anthropic, and it really means... It means that humans can't get out of their own way when they think. And that they tend to construct these, these images, these ideas, these pictures of reality with them somewhere in them. Mm -hmm. and. That's one of the beautiful things about, say, Oriental art, uh, uh, that uh, the figure is always in relation to the majesty of the mountain and, and well, to the majesty of nature. The problem that sometimes crops up there, though, is that uh, we tend to overdo it, I think, um, when we're offering explanations of origins, of meanings, of purposes. We're in there all the time. Um, you know, Rome used to be the center of the universe. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> um, and then that's one of the reasons they were so upset with Galileo, of course, because he took this little telescope and he said, wait a minute now, you know, n everything's not going around Rome, apparently. Um, but when we talk about the universe, the big, the big you, <laughs> there are a lot of, even scientists can't get away from this problem. And they, they talk about the the elemental construction of, of nature seems to be so perfectly constructed as to have anticipated us the way things just happen to be put together we couldn't yes. really exist if it weren't for these certain sequences of 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 physical you know uh peculiarities well that's do you have a butt do you have a button there do I, yeah oh of course of course <laughs> of course of course um saw an old cartoon years ago two martians looking through a telescope up at earth and one said to the other i I'm told by our scientists that there's way too much oxygen on, on that planet to support life. Um, it's just that we want to be important. That's yeah. why we invent religion. That's why the creator of the universe has, that's why we're in, in the creator's image. I mean, that's absurd. But the creator has a plan for us. He watches us every day. He's going to help. I mean, that's, an, that's capital A, anthropic. But well, I, I will it, give you this, Grant. Yeah. That that our expectations um, of what life should be have been deeply shaped by our ideas that life is just and it, 
God is just and that things are good and that good Unless you're the good Canaanites people. or the Midianites or a woman. <laughs> in which case, no, 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 no. you know the first line of the, and I, I think it's the Hasidic uh, prayer. Thank you, God, for not making me what? A woman. Or a Gentile. Yeah. It's not really, you, you can't get away from it, you know. So anyways, our explanations always tend to be too, okay, here's another great quote. Uh, I th- who said this? Freud, I think he said it. He said, humanity has from time to time suffered at the hands of science, severe bl- blows to its naive self-love. When Galileo told us that, that we weren't at the center of the universe, when Darwin told us that we weren't God's specifically created, you know, top of the pyramid yeah. species, uh, and then and then, I mean, th- there are a sequence of of come downs, you know. But yeah. um, so the the universe being one—that's a problem of mind and language. It's what does that mean, you know? Even, even the, the, the word that we use to start the show, spirituality. Sure. Spirituality essentially means the soul, a non-material entity, which is a contradiction and, a, and an invention and really a misleading kind of term. It's, it's, it, it originates from a time when we didn't have an alternative view and frankly didn't have a, a, a real nuanced description of consciousness, which is one of the great reasons for reading the world's best literature. You, you all of a sudden pour your experience out into these giant Mons. vessels yeah. called Tolstoy and Shakespeare and Dickinson and you know. But um, we can say some crazy things and they can start us in the wrong direction immediately. I mean, you know, we can say a, a married bachelor, we can say a, a round square, we can say anything we want to say and then we rack our brains trying to square those circles or, or you know, marry those bachelors. Yeah. We need to speak as clearly as we can as often as we can unless we're, unless we're just creating open verse. That's, no, no, no. You know, then yeah, you can no, do whatever no, no, you want no, no, no. to and that's, that's its own fun. But, so we have, we have these problems describing things and uh, uh, religion has taken tremendous advantage of that, I think. Well, I, <laughs> I'm with you in that. I, I Obviously, there are tremendous problems with religion. I think what religion is born out of are these sort of meditative experiences or uh, awakening experiences that certain specific, very few individuals have had, which are born out of not necessarily an experience of God, if you want to use that word or label, Mm -hmm. but just... Existence, right? I mean, Existence, consciousness, awareness. Consciousness, yeah. yes. Well, you, of the, the root of their consciousness, you, which, which you and I, and I was thinking about you, Graham, before I came here, in that there are many similarities in our viewpoint. Uh, it's just um, a lot of it is semantics. A lot of it is semantics. You got me interested in a, in a line of thought earlier um, when you asked, what are we? Yeah. I think it's, it's I'm, I'm a big proponent, fan, whatever, of, of, of a Darwinian approach to knowledge, especially mm-hmm. biological issues, dealing with living things. It's, it's so informative. It's unbelievable. I personally feel that the ideas that 
are contained in, in, the, th in the theory of evolution, the neo theory, because it's been modified somewhat, are as powerful a, a collection of ideas as have ever been constructed by humans. Um, you know, you'd have to, you might be able to come up with two or three others that were as, I don't know what they'd be, Newton, universal gravitation, the genetic stuff that, you know, has taken place in the 20th century. But the idea that humans and all animals ha have evolved, slowly have evolved, so that it's safe to say that at some point in our history, and maybe not too far in, in the past, humans were not particularly conscious. They were, you know, quasi-conscious. I mean, consciousness has emerged, at least to the degree that we possess it now. Because we look around at the other animals that we share the planet with, and, and we see certain consciousness, you know, levels, but, but certainly nothing like what we've got going on, apparently. As I said before, we're writing symphonies. Yeah. We're doing things like, like you and I are doing right now. Yeah. Um, but at some point in the past, we didn't have these capacities. And we emerged into this new, you know, intellectual landscape where we had a self-aware, you know, consciousness. So I'm thinking that it's, it's, it's possible that some of these religious impulses and behaviors you know, a moth navigates by moon and, and yeah. stars. Mm -hmm. Now, when electric lights or gas lights or bonfires start showing up on the planet... That's a good analogy, yeah. It runs amok because it's not designed for these contingencies. I think that religion, and this is one of the suggestions that, that a Darwinian view would lead you to, religion is probably an unintended consequence of a particular behavior of ours, maybe uh, uh, the capacity for profound love, uh, because a religious experience has often been described as comparable to, to, uh, to the passion of, of, of being in love. Mm -hmm. um, priests talk about it. But anyway, so it may just be this, this, this unintended consequence and, and uh, something that we will eventually bypass. Um, well, I think, I think, I mean, where I sit with this is that I can see religion falling to the wayside. Uh, but what I don't... I mean, certainly not the thing that it claims to treat of. No, 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 no. Morality, You're, love, the, well, you know, the concept of... Well, it doesn't, doesn't. Of, I yeah. mean, it falls very short, and I think... But I mean, we can't do it In the broad things. spectrum, there's a gradation, yeah. and some hit, some miss. But... Um, those genuine accounts of like, say, you know, and I'm not talking about the New Testament and what mm -hmm. was recorded, what Jesus said, but the actual experience that Jesus had, mm -hmm. or the ex actual experience that Moses had, or the actual experience that Muhammad had, mm -hmm. that these genuine encounters with the root of oneself, the deep, profound root of one's own consciousness, mm -hmm. and what is it, the source of things, mm -hmm. um, that, I think, is the future of humankind that we're moving towards this kind of uh it's an expansion of our awareness and mm -hmm. it goes sort of in an evolutionary darwinian right, right. kind of right um well theme. you might think that logical sort of progression therefore would be um uh, the 
understanding that women have been systematically, sort of institutionally mistreated by religion. And I don't know that a deeper reading of these books, and, and I'm, I, you know what, I'm, I'm misconstruing your point, I'm sure. No, 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 it's okay. But um, that somehow, I mean, those, those texts, those paradigms, those, those constructions have to completely disappear. Science has to obliterate all of the ancient, all of the, the Bronze Age stories. They, they must go into the, to the uh, as I said before, the graveyard of mythology. And that, you know, we don't need, there's nothing, there's no good act or, or, or moral statement that can be uttered from a religious point of view that can't be uttered by an atheist. There's not a single thing. There's, they're, they're useless as, um, as, as, as social constructions. They're absolutely useless. In fact, as such, they're the single greatest cause of, of hatred, of war, of mistrust, of... Well, I mean, they, they are... Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I agree with you that they I, are... I personally don't think there's a single you know, compensating quality. I mean, philanthropy, America's great philanthropists have largely been atheists. Um, you don't want to be compelled by fear to, to behave well. That's just completely inauthentic ethical behavior. That's not it, the way to predicate a, a, a life of good behavior. That you're fearful of 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 no reward or you know it's got to be yeah, something no, 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 that you no. are authentically aware of and concerned ju the judgment that you make yourself you know i'm not because you know you're being threatened coerced right, right. you know no this I, takes it all out of your hands in fact it's essentially a dehumanizing institution in that re regard you know it it's it, it, you can't claim your own behavior i mean you're it's 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 24-hour invigilation. It's, it's, you know, it's like North Korea. I mean, religion, you know, it's just, it dehumanizes, really, I think. I mean, I know there are people who disagree with me, but um, Thomas Jefferson isn't one of them. Uh, Freud <laughs> and Einstein aren't, aren't one of them. Um, it's amazing the number of people who were just flat-out non-believers. And you, you, you wouldn't know it. Almost all the Founding Fathers... And at the time, they weren't aware of the great mitigating explanation, uh, which happens to be the, the explanation that Darwin offered. Right. Where does stuff come from? Well, if you didn't know, you, you know, maybe you had the excuse, oh, well, we'll just say, you know, God made it. I don't know what, what that means. I don't know how people thought that through. Well, how did God make it? And where did God come from? And, but they don't seem to want to do that work. They just want to say, God, and then, you know, I'll go have lunch. But... Um, until that great idea was popular and, and everyone could understand it and say, oh my, this, of course, this is where we came from. This is how it works. So God well, I now think that is reduced dramatically to this, you know, this old sort of yeah. useless thing. I don't, you know, as, as I've stated before, I don't, I don't throw out all of religion mm -hmm. um, in that I do believe that there is an element of it that is... Uh, valid to a point in that um, it is trying to convey uh, 
what it is we are doing here and in that like I said um, isn't that though just like saying they're trying religion is trying some parts of religion address some of the same questions that I find deep you know profoundly important well I, I, because I, yeah, why, no, no, why? No. I think Shakespeare is a, is a form of you know it's it's like a different version of say the Bible right in exactly that brings deep questions the the human condition existential sure. right the know, joys the the, 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 sorrows, the nuances yeah. of you know contemplation death fear love yeah but my question is what does religion offer that you can't find elsewhere why religion with all its baggage why not just say yes i'm i'm serious about life i i I, I'm deeply contemplative. I, I want the best. I want to behave as morally as I can. I want to I want to know all about how to live a moral life. But why, why go and read a book that contains in it, you know, murdering children and, and wiping out tribes and, and taking slaves and 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 uh, all these terrible things? <clears throat> Clearly not moral. Why not just read Shake? You know, why not take other sources for these? Sure, these, I think. Well, I think you can take other sources, but I think to throw religion out in its entirety um, is is cutting oneself off from a source that has the potential to be both instructive and I'll say it, uh -huh. and you'll jump on it. No, comforting. Com <laughs> but is it I comforting to think that there's a a piece of gold the size of a Volkswagen buried in your yard? It probably would be. Or is it comforting to... to? Uh, I had a great analogy for this the other day, but I'm talking about true. I'm talking about yeah, you know, people who true. go out and say, I, you know, the, the metaphysics of martyrdom. I believe that if I go strap a bomb and walk into this bus, I'm going to take all my family to heaven. Yeah, that no, makes no, no. them feel I, good. I agree that that, that is, is a comforting metaphysics sure but and, and i mean yet it's so obviously not true is right truth that's true but the thing a is part though, at all in this in this in this comfort factor or, i mean shouldn't it i mean because many many things can be many things are so dependent upon context okay so that comfort even in religion well, let's take religion religion in its context uh can be both beneficial to humankind and um, destructive. It's, and right. I, I, I say that because um, I think that, you know, obviously terrorism and uh, the religious root of terrorism uh, is obviously something that is harmful and sort of like a cancer within humankind. Um, but there are many acts that uh, people people are inspired to do that are gleaned from, say, reading uh, the beneficial teachings of, say, uh, the New Testament, the Quran, or the Old Testament. I'm, I'm not saying right, that... Right. I'm not saying that uh, there isn't... Uh, well, you know, I, I have a couple problems with that. And sure. one is that, that that sounds like a fairly moderate position, you know, honestly. The, the thing that that bothers me about that is that if you say, you know, religion is, is okay because it has certain redeeming 
factors, you're cutting out a lot of safe ground for people who are just a little more pious and just a little more... Sure. You know, but we do this as human beings, though, Graham, if you think about it, because, you know, not all of our human condition living in the human body is sunsets and mountains course, and course, art. Course. So what do we do? We, we, we tend to oversee, over, neglect or deny, not all, but... We have to, there's a, there's a huge element of denial in the human condition, in human psychology, because of the difficulty and the difficult nature of, of what life is. Right. Right? It's been said, and I totally agree, that the single greatest contributing cause to worldwide poverty is religious influence on women. The inability for women to, to develop their own sexual behaviors, uh, their own identities in families, their... their forced into all kinds of behaviors that they, that they the church says you that that condoms are worse than AIDS you know um, yeah no women are are chattel and 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 they're they're not able to resist pr being you know mothers when they want to I mean they're and the church is largely responsible for this I mean the Christian Church has told w women yeah. that they are actually the product of men. I mean that God took p portions of men and made women of them. And um, I mean, I don't know. Women's women's condition worldwide has been made much worse by religion. And okay, I I agree with that. I mean, that on its own is is reason to just you know, start over and, uh, you know, I, how about this? People often make the point that, well, it's there, it's this huge institution, it's shaped everything and everybody for millennia. In 1974, if you'd asked the Republicans in America, your, the solution for you is going to be a divorced, second-rate movie actor. We just haven't tried anything other than these old structures. The point is that Ronald Reagan came and, and, and turned America on its, you know, 180 degrees. Yeah. Saved our ass for a while there. No one would have said that's going to work. But it, it worked beautifully. I mean, we just need to get this thing rolling. I mean, you know, people are fully capable of understanding the, the nature of their lives and their experiences. And... and, and, and we all want to be decent. I, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that people in general are good-natured, well-intended. I mean, if, you know, if there's not enough food to go around, that's another story. But um, but actually, there is, right? There well, is enough I, food to there, go around. There could be if, if women were allowed to, to stop having so many children, you know, maybe control the, the, the future of their families. Yeah. I mean, but... Um, I don't know, Joel. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think I think a few things, Graham, and I, I um, I'm just uh, we can edit this out, but um, we're we're running over an hour. You, you and go ahead and and select what you what you will from our discussion. Oh no no no, no yeah, we're, we're fine with whatever you choose to present. We could go we could go longer if you'd like, or if you're getting tired. Why don't you um, you call it? I'm fine. I'm I'm enjoying it, um, but you know. Um,
Would you I like may sound more and more up? unintelligent as we go. So yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I just wanted to wrap up with uh, with one one notion, one thought, and that is that um, it would be it would be that um, you know our connection with the deeper aspect of uh, ourselves through meditation which does not need to be formal but can be whatever um, is really the solution that I offer that I, I think that I think that getting away from you know and I always say this Graham and we didn't really get to a chance to talk about it or cover it but um, no book should come between the kindness of two people. You know what I mean? No, no literature, nothing mm -hmm. that is uh, written should, should prevent two people from coming together and, and sharing kindness. And, and uh, that's a perfect preamble to an idea that I was going to express, yeah. which I'll do so now. Um, I would recommend that people start at, at, at a young age and read the great works of literature, read the great histories, read the great poems and the great novels and um, read Homer and Virgil and read Shakespeare and, and Dickinson and just read because as I said earlier we do have this sort of insatiable uh, sense uh, of the beauty and the, um, the impossibility of our lives. This, um, yeah. This, this lightness of being. I, I love that old novel title. But if we, if we can get into us these great sensibilities, ideas about life, um, I, you know, knowledge of history, the best expression, the most beautiful stories, we will expand and deepen. And so that when we come to, to our brothers and sisters, we come with so much more. We come with a a, a receptivity and a sensitivity and a and an ability to see and and sort of experience you know humanness and beauty and 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 our, and our lives really profoundly if if you come in with less scope less depth less pers you know perspective you, you just your experience suffers and i think that as you say let no book come between people and yet the great books and the great experiences, the great ideas can absolutely, you know, open our experiences they can bind to one another. People, yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So, and, and, and in, that, in that spirit, I think uh, we can do away with some of these other uh, less fortunate, uh, you know, stories of the world. But, okay. You think? Yeah. Oh, I, I really enjoyed that, and I I like to do it about four more times before I felt like I said anything important or or or, or good. But uh, no, it was very enjoyable, Graham. Thanks, I appreciate Joel. It. Thanks, I appreciate. It. I'll do it anytime, and and I think I'll start listening to uh, to the other programs which I just wasn't aware of previously. Yeah. So, tonight's guest was Graham Sears. Thank you very much, Graham. Thank you, Joel. <laughs>